amigos, and welcome to the second part of today's show. This is exclusively for my Patreon members, so thank you so much to all of you guys for supporting me and the work I do. I don't know if I could do it without you, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you for subscribing and for being a member of our community. It's a pleasure to have you here. And remember, I'm all ears if you guys have any suggestions. All right, well, let's look at this second part of the show. We learned a lot about the history of running in the first part of the show, but now we're going to look more at the practical aspect and other things that we can learn, useful things in English around this topic. We were going to look at the difference between sneakers and trainers. They're both logical words. In American English, we say sneakers. And why? Because to sneak up on someone, to sneak up on someone is to come up very quietly and very to sneak up on someone. You say acercarse sigilosamente. So if you're wearing sneakers, you can sneak up on someone. Makes sense, right? Because before that, if you were wearing dress shoes, zapatos de vestir, you can't sneak up on people. You can't be sneaky. This is the adjective. Sneaky is uh, cuco, furtivo, right? Deceptive. So if you're wearing sneakers, no one will hear you. Because the soles, now the soles are the bottom parts of the shoe. The soles are made of rubber. Now that's a homophone, by the way, because sole is the bottom part of a shoe and the bottom part of your foot. Same word. But also soul, spelt S-O-U-L, is alma. It's a, a, a homophone for you. So no, I meant sole, the bottom part. They have rubber soles. It's also a Beatles album for those of you who are Beatles fans. And so it's a logical word. And the British say, they say trainers. Trainers, that's right. Now, trainers are things that we use to train. Entrenar, right? So a training session is un entrenamiento, right? And to train is entrenar. And you use trainers, as they call them, to train, to train. Logical words and We get other words from those words, especially when we are curious. Now, in the first part, I also told you guys about the rise of marathons, but we didn't get into the rise of sneakers because part of the reason that the running industry is such a huge industry is because the price of sneakers. We all know sneakers are not cheap, and in fact, they're very controversial. You can also say polemic, but we normally say controversial because, well, many sneaker companies have been criticized for making their products in sweatshops. Now, sweatshops are like these illegal factories where they have children working in countries where they have very lax labor laws. Lax son, no son reglas muy estrictas. They're not very strict. They're very lax. So you're thinking, okay, the sneaker has to be Nike. Tiene que ser Nike. And the other half of you are saying, no, it has to be Reebok. Well, you're both wrong. Yeah. I was shocked to find that out too. 1960, we saw what we would know as the first mass-produced sneaker. 
and it was the first one that weighed less than 11 ounces. Because before that, they would put spikes in shoes. I mean, they tried everything. They even used tires, right? pneumaticos, whatever they could. They were experimenting until they found what worked, like with any new invention. So New Balance, there's a good trivia question. People will say Nike or Reebok. Yeah, 1960. Nike didn't come on board until 1974, and they joined the sneaker game uh, with these what they called waffle trainers. And a waffle is un gofre. So obviously it's because the, the sole, the bottom part, looked like a waffle. Makes sense. I love it when things make sense because it makes my job easier. So 1974, 14 years later, Nike joined the party, so to speak. Como quien dice, so to speak. And then uh, the rest is history. Of course, Reebok came on board. And now you've got so many different sneaker companies. I mean, you have sneaker companies that just do sneakers for uh, a specific sport. They're just made for one activity. So it's a huge business. It's even a science. And it's a hobby, too. In fact, many people collect sneakers. You've seen this on the internet. You've seen videos of it, I'm sure. These people are called sneakerheads. Sneakerheads. Yeah, that's right. So, interesting. I learned uh, some things there myself. As I tell you guys, when I prepare these podcasts, you're not the only ones learning. I'm learning about all this stuff as well. So, the largest road race in America. That's what I was going to tell you. The largest road race in America is not the New York City Marathon. Nope. Uh, In fact, New York City Marathon is number two. It's just shy of, so to be just, shy is timido, but to be just shy of, justo por debajo de, it's just shy of 52,000 runners. 52,000. So 52,000 runners in the New York City Marathon, a very famous marathon, such as the Boston one, the one we talked about before. But no, the largest road race in America is, drum roll, redoble. The AGJ Peachtree Road Race in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. Now remember, I'm not a big runner. In fact, I told you guys I was going to tell you about my running experience. I started running to get in shape. And I loved it. I thought it was great because it didn't only help me with my body. As we said earlier, it helps you with your mind, your body, and your soul. Esta vez, soul, S-O-U-L, right? Alma. And I loved it. I loved running. And you guys are probably saying, Alberto, why are you saying it in the past tense? I used to run. I used to es el pasado. Yo antes hacía, solía. Suelos I usually. Don't mix those up. A lot of my students mix those up. They say, I used to run. I said, oh, you don't now? They say, yeah. I said, then it's usually. I used to as ya no lo haces. In mi caso, unfortunately, I used to run. I don't run anymore. Ya no anymore. Why? Well, I got injured. I had an injury. I got hit by a car. To get hit by a car. To get run over. Atropellado. So that ended my running. In fact, my doctor, I have strict doctor's orders to not do any any impact-based 
exercises, uh, low impact only. So that means no running. That means no snowboarding. And let me tell you, for those of you who are running or those of you who don't run or have thought about it, I want to be honest with you. I miss running. Lo hecho en falta. I miss running. And especially when there are moments that you're running with your friends and having these just great accomplishments. Accomplishments or logros. And as I told you before, I was going to tell you about my first race. My first race was more of a personal challenge. I never imagined myself running more than two kilometers. I told you, I was a heavy set kid. Otra forma de decir, gordito. No, sin ofender. I was a heavy set kid. So I never imagined myself ending the race with a medal. And I wanted to look at that because that word medal in American English is a homophone with metal, uh, metal. So my medal is made of metal. Suenan exactamente igual. No en inglés británico siempre. Not always in British English, but in American English, in my area, those are homophones. In fact, we have that idiom, vamos a pisarlo fuerte, you say in Spanish. We say, let's put the pedal to the metal. And as you can see, it rhymes. So I got my first medal. Now, was I in first place? No. I wasn't even on the podium. But that wasn't important. Who was I competing against? I was competing against myself. I wanted to finish. I wanted to finish without, you know, keeling over, without kicking the bucket, estirar la pata, to kick the bucket like our soldier friend in Greece. And not only did I finish, I did great time. I did great time. Hice buen tiempo. My friend was with me. He was pacing me. Remember before we looked at the word pace como ritmo? Él me estaba marcando el ritmo. He was pacing me. De hecho, un marca pasos we call a pace maker. It makes sense, doesn't it? If you have a pacemaker, it's keeping the pace in your heart, right? Everything is linked. We looked at the word heart before as well. I finished in good time, and then the best part was having those beers after. I think I chugged to chug. Glug, 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 glug. I think I chugged um, two beers, but I don't even remember tasting the beer. But I was just so happy. I felt so accomplished. So there's another thing, guys. There are races. There are races you can do for charity, para una ONG, for a charity. And uh, even if it's a 5K or a 2K, get involved. It is a really amazing experience. And I remember, too, in the morning, that morning before the race, you get butterflies in your stomach. Los nervios. También lo decimos por el amor, pero solo los nervios. You get a little bit nervous. And it was just a really amazing, memorable experience. And it taught me that there are no limits. So, again... We always talk about the physical part of running. You get big muscles. You're going to be strong. You, you know, you'll have a lot of endurance, a lot of stamina. No, aguante stamina. But, um, well, the mental part for me was, I think, just as important. How it affected my mood, mi humor, as I said before. So running, I can't do it anymore, but I highly recommend it. Of course, if you're going to run, you got to do it right. So make sure you guys stretch, estirarte. Make sure you warm up, calentar. I'm no expert. Yo no soy experto. But these are things that I think are universal. If you notice, I'm not giving you any running advice. Well, yeah, I know. You look at my, you know, 
chiseled body, chiseled como una escultura. I'm joking, by the way. Uh, and you say, Alberto, what are your running tips? What are your health tips? No, I think we'll just stick to my English tips, right? Nos quedamos con mis consejos de inglés. But I do know this. Stretching and warming up are so important. You know, I always tell my students, let's warm up at the beginning of our English cl English class, right? Warm up and pay attention to how I put that word together. I don't say warm space up. I say warm up. Let's warm up. Okay, so you need to warm up because if not, well, you're going to get sore muscles. Agujetas. Yeah, who wants to get sore? That's the worst feeling when you can't even reach. No puedes alcanzar nada. So stretch. Breathing is very important. It's a very important part of running. You don't hold your breath. You're supposed to connect your breath. Again, I'm not an expert, but uh, these are things they recommend. And you have to cool down, too, not just warm up. El inverso, cool down. Cuando bajamos, ya al final. Now, the way I chose to cool down, of course, was with a couple beers. <laughs> now, the first race I ran, I forgot to tell you guys something really important. What was it called? It was called the Rock and Roll Race. So, of course. <laughs> what other race would I run? That's my first race. And I did one more race, and that was the fans race. It was, we raced from the Bernabeu to the, may she rest in peace, que descanse en paz, Calderon Stadium. And that was a very special one because you wore the jersey, el uniforme, we say jersey, of your favorite team, Real Madrid or Atletico de Madrid. And it was a really cool race as well. And after that is when I got injured, and that ended my running career. So, hey, but guys, it was fun while it lasted. Apúntate esta expresión. Era divertido mientras duraba. And that feeling of crossing the finish line, doesn't matter how long it took, da igual cuánto tardaba, crossing that finish line is one of the greatest feelings of accomplishment I've ever had in my life. And I've written books, I've had a baby, I've done a lot of amazing things, I have to say. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. Acordaos, la tela uch, fortunate. I hope to be fortunate in the future, especially because I like to do things in a natural way. You see my pattern? Work on that, guys. Get a list of words with T-U and ch-ch-ch, nature, future, creature. It even sounds like teacher. In fact, the word creature and teacher rhyme. That's how important that T-U sound is and how it should sound like a ch so uh let's look at this verb to run to run we looked at it uh we, we know it's correr right we know it's something that we do but also to run something is to manage it operar o dirigir so my boss richard vaughn runs the company by the way if you guys haven't heard my radio show, I have a daily radio show, Monday through Friday, and it's on Vaughn Radio. You can find the podcasts. It's called The Show With No Name. If you're discovering the podcasts, uh, then maybe you can discover the radio. Some of you are coming from the radio to the podcast. So those of you who don't know, a little shameless plug here, tune into my radio show every day on Vaughn Radio, The Show With No Name. And so I said my boss runs the radio station. He operates it. He runs it. He directs it. In fact, we have the idiom to run the show. Who runs the show? ¿Quién lleva la voz cantante? 
quién dirige el cotarro. Who runs the show? So there's that word run, and it doesn't mean something you do, you know, with sneakers on. So another one, it's a phrasal verb. I'm trying to tell you some of the most common uses is to run away. So this is similar. The idea is huir in Spanish. Run away. I'm thinking of a song by Janie's Got a Gun, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. There's that connection. Remember I said Tyler Swift? Well, there you go. Steven Tyler was in my mind the whole time, the lead singer of Aerosmith. Run away, run away from the pain, yeah, 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 yeah. Run away, ooh yeah. You'll hear it in a lot of songs. Also, one we looked at, to run out of. We're running out of time. There's another one in music. My One of my favorite groups, Muse, they have a song called Our Time is Running Out. Se nos está agotando el tiempo. And speaking of... It is. Our time is running out here, and we still have a few more things to do before we say goodbye on today's show. There's a false friend I wanted to look at. A lot of my uh, students tell me, Alberto, I do footing. And I said, what is that, man? I mean, I know you're using an English word, but what do you mean? You're doing footing? Because in English, footing is tu punto de apoyo. Right? It's where you secure your feet. But when we talk about it in a figurative sense, we're saying your position. So uh, when I first started doing the podcast, I had to find my footing. Mis bases, mis cimientos, mi posición, my footing. So it is a word. The word footing exists in English, but it's not something we do on the street or on the beach. It has nothing to do with sports, really. It's, it has something... Uh, to do more with your position. So, how do we say hacer footing? We say jogging, to go jogging. So, again, we said to go for a run. Well, I'm going to go for a jog. So, jogging is basically between, you've got a brisk walk, then you've got jogging, and then you've got running, right? And then you know the fastest running is sprinting. You guys know this word, sprint to sprint, S-P-R-I-N-T. So, um, yeah, jogging versus footing. Be careful, guys. Oh, and another one, too, which a lot of people don't know how to say and also uses the word run. And this is to run some errands. Hacer unos recados. So think of it this way. If you remember this, I'm going to go for a run and then I'm going to run some errands, okay? What I'm going to challenge you guys to do, students, I want you to find all the different uses of this very rich word. I call words with a lot of uses rich words because they're words that by knowing them, you can use a lot of different idioms and expressions. And run is one of those rich words. And I just wanted to run it by you. Mira, sin querer. I didn't even plan that one. To run it by somebody means to decírselo, a ver lo que le parece, chequearlo, hacer que alguien revise algo. Okay, uh, what are we going to do tomorrow? Could you run it by me again? So I think on today's show, we've looked at probably 10 to 15 different uses of this verb to run, and some have to do with actually running, and some don't. But as I said, if you already know the word, you don't have to learn another word. You've already got 
that word. Before we say goodbye, before we run out of time, and before you guys run away and do all the other things that you have to do today, I want to go over a few idiomatic expressions uh, that come from running or races, carreras. And uh, the first one is to jump the gun. That's right, to jump the gun, saltar la pistola. So if you think about it, races start with a starting gun. It's a very logical word, una pistola. You know, they start the race. So if you jump the gun, if you jump the gun, te adelantas. You, you went too fast. You were premature. That's a word nobody likes, right? Jump the gun. So, ah, don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. Well, similar to jumping to conclusions. Right? Eh, eh, wait, wait, let's, let's wait, you know. Um, here's one, too. To give somebody the runaround. Now, many of you might know it from a song back in the day. A keep away from a runaround Keep away from runaround Sue. Now, to run around as a verb, to run around on someone is poner los cuernos, to cheat. Keep away, mantén distancia o aléjate de runaround Sue. But to give somebody the runaround, a little bit different, is to give somebody an excuse, right? Are you giving me the run around? The run around. Another word. Uh, let's see how they translate it. Dar evasivas, dar vueltas, right? You're being evasive. Are you giving me the run around right now? Because I think you're running around on me. Creo que me estás poniendo los cuernos. Look at that. That's crazy. A sentence that uses the word run twice and has nothing to do with a race or sneakers or anything like that. And the last one, which I think is one you use in Spanish too, and I love this one, and it's to run around like a chicken with its head cut off. Correr por todos lados como una gallina o un pollo. I think you say gallina sin cabeza. Running around like a headless chicken, se puede decir, or running around like a chicken with its head cut off. And the last thing I forgot to tell you, which I should have told you at the beginning, but better late than never, mejor tarde que nunca. When we start the race, this is good for those of you who have kids, we say, on your mark, get set, go. Now, the British say, ready, steady, go. But Americans say, on your mark, get set, go. Or, ready, set, go. Y los británicos, ready, steady, go. ¿Ves? No estamos de acuerdo en nada. We can't agree on anything. Well, that's why anytime there is a discrepancy, you guys can always trust me to tell you how the Brits would say it and how Americans would say it. Because, well, having Brit friends, I know how they express themselves as well. We have officially run out of time. I want to thank you so much once again for joining me here on the podcast and on Patreon. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. Dime algo. Until next time, thanks for joining us on today's F-Y-R.